Welcome to the first kind of first episode of Post Trash Live. Hey, Dan. Hey. I'm Nick. How's it going? Good. Good to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm glad that we're once again giving the world another podcast. Yeah. Because there's just not enough of them. No, I, yeah, I've run out of things to listen to. <laughs> Yeah, not like there's music to listen to. I don't. I don't really listen to music anymore. I wish that was uh, not true. Oh. I'm, I'm sick of all the bands. You know, there's just too many bands. I'm like the opposite. I've never really listened to a podcast because there's too many bands to listen to. Yeah, well, that's great. That's why we're here. Then it's true. You're gonna solve my problem. We're gonna solve both problems in one. Yeah, it's great. This has actually just been an elaborate months, almost year long scheme for me to just get you to personally play music for me instead of me having to go to your website and I'm happy to do it cuz we all know reading is overrated. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> but yeah, so to fill anyone listening in, we started uh this podcast over the summer or well like kind of a false start, but we attempted to start and um yeah, we got a bit derailed for like a mil- like a million things at once happened and it just didn't happen. Yeah. One of them was that we decided to like pick songs that we were going to play and then license like approval from the artists and record labels after the fact and for the most part that was okay, but then yeah, for a lot of the part, it was not okay. <laughs> it's like 50-50, a terrible idea, yeah. Yeah. We were also having, like, guests pick half the songs that we were going to use who, like, didn't necessarily get the fact that we there was no way we'd be able to license some of their picks. We also gave them almost no information before they showed up with a handful <laughs> of songs, so it was, yeah, totally their fault. Yeah, that's true. No, I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just saying, you know, like some of those were kind of long shots. Yeah, for sure. Um, Carrie's got uh, yeah, some fancy tastes. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that you can't just play whatever you want. Like, it's free promotion. It seems very silly. And, like, I get that everyone's trying to make money, but, like, is this really the avenue that, like, you need to be making that money? Like... We're not making any money, so... I'm making a lot of money right uh, now. It's, <laughs> it's part two of the elaborate ploy. Well, I, I'm not making <laughs> yeah. any money. <laughs> and I don't know how that's working. Um, But yes, yeah, so... Which all that is really just to say that we're going to take a more independent approach to what we play. And a lot of that stuff was on indie labels i use that word very loosely but yeah we're going indier <laughs> full full indie yeah um you want to play a song yeah sure um you know it being mid-november people are starting to think about their year-end lists and without getting too much into the drag of that whole process Um, I've been thinking recently about how, like, you know, sometimes I'll, like, peruse the music sites of the internet and, and social media and such, like, looking to just, you know, see what's come out that day or week or whatever. Sure. And, uh, it's just such a fucking drain, like, an emotional drain doing it these days, because it's just, like, the same shit everywhere and there's like lots of good stuff that's nowhere yeah you know yeah but but recently i've been thinking about like my favorite releases that were put out this year and it's like been making me pretty happy because like while a lot of them didn't get the like do that they should have you know there's still been a ton of great music out right like some years I'm trying to like figure out my top 20 and then like you know the last 5 are like I guess this album's cool I haven't really listened to it that much but I like it. Yeah. And this year it's like there's like 
40 releases that I want to put in there that I like really love. Cool. It's a good year. Yeah, pretty good. So anyway, here's a song from one that came out all the way back in either January or February, which I think is like extra impressive because like those releases have the like scrutiny of being like almost a year old. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're not sick of it yet, then yeah. it's probably okay. And if I still think it's like one of the like best albums I've heard all year, then right. like it really, you know, it's not like a first impression kind of right, thing right. anymore. But yeah. So anyway, this is a song from Anna McClellan's album, Yes and No. It came out on Father Daughter Records very early this year. The song is called Happy Type. solo oh yeah very tasteful oh oh that's for that's for later yeah. well, that's a little that's that's the the tease yes. so it keeps you listening sneak peek <laughs> uh i always find with like anna mcclellan songs that it's the um like her voice is generally what like draws me in in the first place but then like the more i listen to it the lyrics are incredible yeah lyrics are great there's a lot of little, she makes it seem like effortless. It's almost like trying to get you not to fully pay attention to what she's saying. And so, I don't think that's her intention, but like it just, it just rolls out, you know? And then when you actually dive in and listen, there's a lot going on. Yeah. And it's like, 
on like it's like you know she's not doing anything like super fancy lyrically right but it just like hits you like so hard and you're like damn i feel that yeah (laughs) (laughs) are do you consider yourself to be like a lyric person uh yeah like i'm confused are you a person who like doesn't listen to the lyrics are you someone who's like music first lyrics later definitely okay and like if lyrics are aren't like if if they're really bad it may like disrupt my yeah like enjoy enjoyment right of it but um if they're like kind of bad but like i also can't necessarily understand what they're saying i'm totally okay with that yeah there's it's a it's a balancing act like if you're if you're someone writing music who isn't super lyrically oriented i feel like you either figure out what you can get away with without ruining your music or yeah i it's it definitely like when when bad lyrics protrude from a song it takes me out of it immediately yeah for sure the the whole you know not to be a jerk but the whole uh new i i guess maybe a year or two old at this point but the like new jesus and mary chain album that came out yeah like, you know, it's still good. Like, it sounds like Jesus and Mary Chain, but some of those lyrics is just like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is so dumb. But, yeah. You know, not to gripe on them. I love Jesus and Mary Chain. They're cool. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I also, like, I've been listening to more and more metal the past few years, and, like, some of the, like, crazier, more, like, you know, like, growly nonsense vocals like yeah no fucking idea what any of them are saying i mean in that in that way it's it's just another instrument like it's it's basically like instrumental music and that's just like another texture you know yeah it's a different thing i'm down with that but at the same time if it weren't there i i would have like a hard time listening to it right it's literally just like instrumental metal right i mean you still know like you still recognize it as a human voice so it like definitely I think just as another human, it lets you connect to it a lot more than someone playing like liter- a literal instrument to, or like a, f- a separate physical instrument. Yeah, it lets you it lets you connect in a way, even if you don't know what they're saying. Like there's still intention behind the sound for sure. But it's definitely like interesting to think about how like you know, depending on like sort of how much the artist wants you to understand the lyrics, like yeah it matters you know like because if like they're not if they don't care then like who cares you know what i mean like there's like some music where you're basically like forced to listen to and think about the lyrics right because you know it's like a singer songwriter type deal where like what else are you gonna think about like you're not thinking about that little like acoustic guitar progression yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's the only focal point yeah or like even like hip-hop like you know, I love hip hop, but you gotta listen to yeah. the lyrics. There's nothing else going on. Yeah, I mean, there's like, other beats stuff, are but cool, it's yeah, but like it's the same thing for a long time. That's the whole point. Is yeah, yeah. I would say maybe one day we would play some hip hop on this show, but going back to the whole yeah. clearing things, probably nothing worthwhile. Just do a whole uh, SoundCloud rap episode. Never. Uh, okay. Fucking never. <laughs> oh, man. Don't even get me started. You want to do another song? Sure. Is it the one that you were teasing? Yeah. Well, we know how it starts. Yeah. <laughs> but I rewound it. So this is a song from Rick Rude's sophomore album, Verb for Dreaming. The song is called All Lock.
love the octave pedal, the, the bass octave at the end, whatever that is, the subby stuff. Oh, yeah. It's great. I, I'm not one that can generally point out like what kind of effects are going on. I mean, I, it could have been anything, but it was like a whole bottom octave like jumped in just for the last like outro oh, section. That, there. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, like right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is sweet. It's great. That song it's rips. very satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that whole record, you know, it, it's very di- diverse. There's three different songwriters, and like even like among like those three songs, like yeah. it still jumps around like stylistically, like within one person's yeah yeah repertoire. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy I enjoy seeing them. We I, we were at that show. Oh yeah, not that long ago. Yeah, that was great. I missed Ben, but it was still great. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about, like, I don't know, writing and playing now songs that are on your own label? Writing, I think, is very weird, and I don't think I should do it. Yeah. Um, Other than, like, Fuzzy Meadows, I don't do it. You know, like, like for example, Post Trash premiered Rick Rude's album. Right. But I didn't write it. Sure. Patrick Pilch did. Thank you very much, Patrick. Um, He did a great job. But with, like, Fuzzy Meadows, I've been, like, torn about it because it's like, am I going to write about my favorite songs of the week and then, like, not include those releases? Like, those are legitimately (laughs) my favorite songs. Like, I'm not just picking them because I have to pick them, you know? I love those songs. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe people don't, like, take my word, like, because of that. You know, like, they see it and they go, yeah, yeah, okay. I don't think you have a, I don't think you have an issue with it. I'm not even sure a lot of people who maybe read Post Trash even know that that connection exists. I don't know. But I, I've just always been curious. Yeah, like, what I wouldn't write an album review. Although, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't write album reviews for the site at all, but yeah. it's just because of a time thing. Like, I don't have time to sit down and write, like, a lengthy-ass review. Right. But, um... I did, I was less than thrilled with some of the press around the Bad History Month album campaign last year. Yeah. And that release, like, mean meant a whole lot to me, and, like, Sean's music just means, like, a whole lot to me, to the point where, like, I did write, like, a long feature article about it. Which, you know, for me is, like, pretty rare because I generally don't write anything longer than, like, a paragraph blurb on the site. Right. Um, But, yeah. So I wrote about that, and I felt okay about it. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes you just got to take matters into your own hands. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Ultimately, you're doing it all because... You love the things not like it's not like you're making money off of the content on post trash or something like it's all everybody's writing about stuff because yeah because you like cause it because they like it yeah which is different than i guess if you like yeah i think we're I, a pitchfork writer writing about your independent labels like own releases or i don't know maybe that happens too who the hell yeah. knows yeah i don't know i feel like so much writing happens um because like, somebody is friends with the artist. Right. Like, on major sites, too. Right, right. And, you know, at one point, like, I get that, like, you're not supposed... I mean, I guess, you know, like, there's one side of the argument that you're not supposed to use these platforms to hype your friends' bands. But at the same time, like, maybe you're friends with those people because you love their band and you've just grown into a friendship with them as a result, like... Or you love that person, and if you love that person, you're probably going to like the things they create. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It it makes sense. It's just like the way that we favor things in general, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a slippery slope, but yeah. I, don't I don't know. I don't know. It seems like you, there's no way you could draw a line. Yeah, like sometimes with Post Trash, I'll get, you know, because I don't know, like I've never met, 98% of our contributors. Right. But like, you know, someone will like say, hey, can I write for the site? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And uh, 
I'll send them like I keep like a massive list of albums that I hope to have reviewed. Right. And I'll send it to them and they'll pick something and I'll be like, sweet. Like, that's great. I'm glad you picked that. And then they're like, yeah, these are my like pals. And like that happens often. Yeah. And like, I'm not going to say, oh, no, don't write about that because it's like, well, as long as you're not in the band, like, go ahead. Yeah. You know, like I'd rather I'd almost rather somebody write about something that they're like intimately familiar with than like something they've never heard. Like the idea of like blind assigning things, you know, the results generally aren't great. Yeah. I've had that happen too, where like a writer was like, oh, just like, is there something you really want reviewed? Like, I'll do it and I'll send it to them. And, you know, they're writing from it from like a perspective that has like no knowledge. And then their review just is kind of weird because of it. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely have to do some digging to give yourself the context appropriate to like. Yeah, for sure. Writing something and some things are like easier to dig yeah. into than other things. If it's like some small DIY band, that to me it's like very important that we review the right. record. But like, if the person doesn't have that sort of history, like they're not going to find much. You right, know? right. So it's like. Yeah, I don't know. I generally don't suggest things unless people really ask and I have, like, a good idea of their taste. Sure. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm looking to hopefully do some more writing. Probably not about exploding sound bands. Yeah. <laughs> It was nice though when David, like for a while, David Anthony was like co doing like the Fuzzy Meadows column with me. Yeah. And he would do all the exploding and sound bands so I didn't have to. Right. Which was cool. <laughs> um, but yeah. So either way, they still end up on there. It's, uh... well, I mean, they should be on there. <laughs> yeah, because, I know. Like I said, you know, if I release something and it, can't crack like my favorite single of the week then why am i releasing it yeah definitely and like some weeks there's not even like 10 good singles you know there's like 10 okay singles but like not ones that i feel passionately enough about to write about it right and on the same extent sometimes there are things that like i would write about but are literally covered on every music website yeah. on the internet so i'm like you know do i does it really need me to vouch for it like yeah you just copy and paste that press release and just uh hit publish <laughs> you know that's all you gotta hey, do that's Dan. why we have the further listening <laughs> section you can go check it out on someone else's site yeah <laughs> you know i i want people to hear it but like those bases are pretty covered yeah which is something also that, like, I am sometimes torn about because, like, if the idea is that we should be sharing the best music out there, then I probably should cover it regardless of how much other coverage it is. But, like, I don't know. Yeah. You got to figure out whether to take the context of everybody else into account or not. Yeah. Like, if it's between that and then, like, another song that, you know, maybe I like the same or even slightly less but like isn't being covered right i'm gonna go with that other one yeah just seems fair makes sense uh should we play another song yeah Let's all right it. this one is from a band from austin called borzoi uh they put out i guess it's their full-length debut they've had a couple of eps but uh yeah their first full-length it's called a prayer for war it came out on 12XU, which is like a really awesome punk label that was founded by Gerard Cosloy, who originally founded Matador. And now he just releases like these really dirty Austin, like noise and punk bands. Cool. Um, but anyway, yeah, this is their first single from that record. It's called Big Pink.
Hell yeah. So um, going back to like our conversation with, about listening to lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> with that song, it has this really incredible music video that like I honestly consider to be the best video I've seen in years. Yeah. Like the best one I can think of since like the age where videos were kind of useless. Sure. Um, but it's so good. And there's, for whatever reason, like, uh, like subtitles of the lyrics will like pop up, but not for all of them, just for like select like phrases. The important ones. Yeah. But like, it, it cracks me up because like one of them is like, it just says like bunch of pilgrims. And like, you have no idea what he was talking about before (laughs) that, you know? Cause it's like. I mean, maybe you do. I don't know. I don't know what yeah. he's talking about. Us lyric people know. <laughs> I've I've absolutely no idea what he said. But yeah, <laughs> love that song, man. Yeah, that's cool. It's good. It's good. Like noisy use of the. There's like some dancey ass drums going on under for, a lot of that for sure. Yeah. And the structure just like keeps shifting. Like yeah, it starts off like pretty off balance, but then it like locks into like these weird grooves. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> this is an interesting tune. What's it what's the band again? Borzoi. How do you spell it? B-O-R-Z-O-I. Cool. Yeah, they're awesome. They're really good live too. The whole record's good. It's it's like I, I don't want to say that like it really particularly sounds like that song, but you know, it it has a similar vibe, but then they like throw in these like there's like one song called like um I don't know if I have that in right, but I think in my iTunes it's called <laughs> The Tonser Twist and it has this like weird like Texasy like roadhouse kinda like jangle vibe to it. Dope. Yeah. I'm it's cool. It. Yeah. I highly recommend the record. I gotta check it out. Um and of course the video. The video is so good. And it's like unnecessarily good. Like when you when you like think of like a DIY punk band from Austin, you know, like you don't think you're gonna get like a high production video. It's usually right. like here's a bunch of filters over top of each other with a bunch of colors and like maybe it looks sound footage you know, from the, yeah. the internet archive. And like <laughs> it looks cool with like the sounds, but like really, you know, it's whatever. Yeah. But like yeah, they really outdid themselves. And one of the members of the band directed it, too. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's still definitely great videos that get made, but, like, they just, when you think about it and, like, the amount of, like, time and effort that, like, goes into them sometimes, Yeah. to me, it's almost like a red flag. Like, it's cool because, like, you know, it's another expression of that, like, piece of art, and I, I do like that about it you know it's just like another way for the artist to like put more ideas into what they've already like offered with the song yeah but that being said like when you look at like some artists who spend like a thousand dollars or more to make a video and then you like see what happens with it once it's released like what was it worth it? It's it's yeah, it's for yourself more often than not, it seems like. For sure. Yeah. It's like, too bad. You're not making that thousand dollars back. But I mean even if you sell like let's say you sell thirty records off the premiere of that video. Right. Which you prop you know Yeah. Odds are you're not making that many off of that one asset. But even still, like the profit, like you have lost lots of money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, you know, it's got to be, you got to be in it for the love of collaborating with somebody or, or just, it's just more making art. I mean, nobody's, nobody's in a band because they're thinking about shit like that. No, I know. (laughs) And I'm certainly not thinking about things like that. It's just like some people like drive themselves crazy over like making these videos and it's like, well, it's going to get tossed up on some site and then that'll be the end of it. And like, there's no reason to feel like pressured that you have to do it or something. Yeah, definitely not. It's got to be, you got to really want 
to and do a specific And even in like thing. the press landscape, like it used to be that um, like videos were key because they were like content that you could still get premiered after an album was released. Yeah. So it was like, hey, we're going on tour and we want someone to post these tour dates. Let's make a video so we have a reason for them to do so. Right. And now it's like, at least with like most major sites that carry any like significant weight, it, they won't take like a video unless it's also like the premiere of that single. Oh, really? Yeah. Un- unless you're like someone who is big enough that rules don't apply to you because right. those people do whatever they want and they'll cover them having right. a sneeze, you know, or whatever. But like, yeah, for like the average DIY band, if the if the album is out, like that video better have come beforehand. Weird. Yeah. I mean, I guess they, I guess there's just more bands every day and they, these people got to filter through shit somehow. I don't even think that's it though. I think it's more like a, so many of these sites like it's 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 all about like how many people are going to click on something so there's like a constant or at least as far as it seems to me there's a concentrated effort to cover like less just less things overall and to put more focus into a smaller number of artists to try to make those artists into buzz bands because then people will just click on, you know, like as you establish them as like, ooh, every site likes this band. Like, yeah, it grows itself. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Rather than having like 10 people click on 50 articles, they want like 500 people to click on five articles. Right. And just cover less. I mean, I guess. I wonder I wonder how intentional I mean I I think it's definitely intentional in the sense that if you're running a website that's at a scale that like it's it's supporting you financially and like other people then you probably have the statistics to be like what portions of this website are actually like driving people here and obviously you're going to want to emphasize those things if you can only put so much content on your website or whatever per day or whatever but I get that, but at the same time, like, you didn't start the website because you wanted to appease your advertisers. Like, you started it because you wanted to write about, like, new music. It's true, but, like, in the case of a lot of those websites, like, what? Like, Pitch- Pitchfork's owned by, like, Condé Nast or somebody, right? Is Stereo Gums owned by somebody? I don't know. Yeah. Like in the case those are just two cases but like Right and I get I do get it. Like I understand why these things happen but like I just think if that's going to be the case then like you know double your workload like yeah. do that but also like do the rest. Feel a little responsibility for like the role that you play in yeah, small sure. communities even. Yeah. And I do think you know I don't want to let want to complain about specific sites but since you brought it up i do think like especially since Condé nast bought um pitchfork yeah that there's like a heightened like um a heightened effort to review mainstream like major label releases whether they have something positive or negative to say. And, like, some of those negative, like, either reviews or even, like, news articles about something that they never would have covered before. Yeah. Like, it's taking up space for things that they, like, otherwise generally cover. Right. I was just looking at it last night, like, out of curiosity, looking at a band that, like, I consider to be a pretty, like buzzy hype sort of band that's on a label that has been around for a long time who they generally blanket cover like they they post about all their releases most of them even make it into like the news section right and they just they hadn't reviewed it and i thought that was pretty odd and i think part of that is just because like there's such a focus on covering like advertisers and you know like 
oh, well, this label is spending all this money on these ads or... Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, those sites are just increasingly more unpleasant to look at in the first place because there's just ads everywhere. (laughs) I don't know. I have a really hard time anytime I'm trying to like read something about music or art in general and there's like ads surrounding an article or something. It's just, it's a, it's not the mindset that. Yeah. Pitchfork's pretty good about it though. You don't like feel consumed by the ads on it. I guess I I don't spend any time on Pitchfork. I will say though that like on their homepage recently, um, they have like, you know, they, they have like a, I don't know if it's a sister site or it's like a, some sort of arm of theirs called October that like writes about like beer and like <laughs> like new beers and such and they like tie it in with musicians okay. but they have like promoted posts for it like several of them like on the homepage at yeah. all given times and like they they fully admit that it's a promoted post like I'm pretty sure it says right under it like promoted right but it's still weird yeah i you know like <laughs> i understand why you're doing it and i appreciate the transparency but it's still weird yeah yeah that's a lot of real estate to devote to that yeah especially because there's very little on the home page (laughs) but yeah anyway now that i dragged you into so it goes (laughs) i still appreciate what they do for small bands when they do it i mean the you know the writers and even the editors probably are have good conscience about everything or i don't know i think i think their heads in the right place Uh, yeah who knows but it uh, that's that's not who i was trying to drag into this i guess is what i'm saying not yet i mean you know at the end of the day it's just a site and if you don't like what they're doing don't you know don't look at it there's other websites yeah it's fine don't tell um but yeah i mean that's part of like why post trash exists it's like if you don't see the coverage you want to see start your own site you know right. and i encourage people to do that because in like this type of matter it really is the more the merrier like especially if you're like down or right about what you like rather than what you're being told to write about yeah and also just the current landscape seems to just drive more and more things like so many premieres from you know, smallish independent labels are just on random small sites these days. Like, there's a lot of, I don't know, there's enough stuff to go around, it seems like. Yeah, exactly. And nobody wants to premiere anything. And I like, right. I get that people don't like the whole concept of premieres, but for like a small band where, you know, nobody's writing a giant feature article about like thousands of like great bands. Yeah. Like, it's not that they're not good, but, like, you're just not, they're not, no one's going to write a feature article about them because they don't know any a damn thing about them. Right. That's, like, why premieres exist, you know? Like, it it's a way to get some sort of content to introduce the band to the larger discussion. Yeah. And you got to bring, you got to bring people up somehow. It can't just be, like, hand-picked. But so many sites, like so many sites, have just completely abandoned them. And a lot of the ones that haven't abandoned them, like, do, like, one a day. Yeah. And in all fairness, you know, for anyone out there that's like, hey, Post Trash only does one premiere a day. That's a different story because I also work a full-time job. Like, this is not my, I mean, yeah, no, this is not my job. You're a, you're a small site. And we're doing this for fun. Like, if I give me all day to do it, and I'll premiere five things a day. Like, mm. you know, we'll put but, the link to your uh, Bitcoin wallet in the show notes. Yeah, you know? seriously. <laughs> it, and also, I'd like to put this out there that if anybody would like to privately fund Post Trash, yeah. <laughs> I'm down. Accepting investors. Yeah, yeah, I will quit my job tomorrow. Also, if my job is listening to this, just kidding. <laughs> Should we play another song? Yeah. Okay, it's Lisa slash Liza is the way it's spelt, like L-I-S-A slash L-I-Z-A. They are putting out a new album called Momentary Glance that comes out at the end of the month. And um, 
I've been listening to it obsessively, especially when I have like that sort of like, ah, my head's going to explode kind of like vibe for my day. We need more music for that. Yeah, which happens a lot. (laughs) And yeah, this album is doing the trick. Um, This song is called Real Estate. Seem a lot less lost 
feel calm. Right? Like, yeah. I, I, yeah, I feel pretty good. And speaking of um, feeling pretty good, like from music, how about that intro we played? Yeah, it was pretty, that was, that was great. That That's a song called The Great Disaster by Disco Doom. Um, and man, that riff just like brightens up your day. Yeah. Like you can't listen to that and be like, "Oh shit, sucks." Not in t- it's not like too. It's not overly happy though. It's not like some bouncy like cheery bullshit. No, it's yeah, just it's like, not like yeah. pop particularly. Right, right. It just like feels real good. Yeah, like it's you go. Yeah. I don't know. It like to me, it's not so much like happiness that it's like radiating, but like <laughs> almost like it's like the musical equivalent of like welcoming a new day sure you know because it's like oh yeah like (laughs) yeah i don't know (laughs) that that's what it like that's how i feel about it makes sense to me like anything is possible for this moment yeah just the just the 30 seconds though yeah you know until until i like later (laughs) on the world beats you back down but yeah for that moment (laughs) <laughs> loop it all day yeah when trying to decide what like musical intro to use I like went through a lot of different ideas and then I came down to like five different disco doom songs yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah what a band well you wanna play one more yeah. Cool. All right, what a so so we're gonna keep doing this. Mm-hmm. We're gonna try to uh, slip in some little bits of those first couple failed episodes because there's some good stuff in there, some humorous moments, some uh, some pretty solid performances actually. We got a couple guests. Yeah, definitely. Maybe we'll have like a a clip show episode made of the first two episodes. Yeah. Um. Something to look forward to. You know, it's only the first episode and we're already talking about clip shows. Yeah, at this rate too, <laughs> the next episode will be in like nine months. So <laughs> you, can, you can look forward to that. Yeah. I. You know, I've got to think that the months ahead will be better than the months that passed. Yeah. At least, maybe not for the world, but at least for us. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Leave us with some inspirational words, you know? Yeah. So this last song also comes from a band from Austin who are very near and dear to Borzoi. Uh, the band is called Exhalants. Um, they just put out their full-length debut over the summer as well. It's a self-titled record that came out on... Um, Super Secret Records, which is also based out of Austin. And this is the first song from the album. It's called Latex.
feel I feel less calm, but in like a in a good way. I still feel pretty good. But yeah. No, I feel I feel good. I'm I'm just really just a little worked up. I'm really <laughs> glad that that band rules. <laughs> because <laughs> because I really loved uh two of the members like previous band which was Carl Sagan Skate Shoes. Oh, I didn't know that was them. Mm-hmm. Weird. I like them, yeah. Same singer, guitarist, and same bassist, just a different drummer. Dang. Very different sound. You think so? Well, just angrier, right? No? Maybe. I don't know. A the Carl, the Carl yeah. Sagan stuff was like was a little poppier, right? I mean, it was still rock, but it was like... Carl, it had a very heavy shellac influence. Maybe I just didn't listen to all of it. I mean, I've listened to like some of an it was EP, like I think. some of it was like twangy. Yeah, like it had like you know them. I mean, they were like they were singing though. They weren't like like these guys, you know, right? No, sort of in like a Steve Albini kind of way. All right, I'm just making shit up then. Who knows? Yeah, it's not drastically different, but I would say that Exhalance is probably more aggressive. Cool, and they like kind of let their like feedback run a little more wild yeah which is awesome you know it works for what they're doing yeah um yeah so i'm just i'm just really glad that you know because you know often when like a band you really like breaks up people will say something like well maybe their next projects will be even better you know like perpetual optimists yeah everything and like you're like yeah maybe they'll just (laughs) stop releasing records and you know that's the end of it but like in their case, you know, maybe it is better. Yeah. I'm not saying one's better than the other. I love both, but they're both great. So it's a win-win. Um but yeah. I also think that uh just something I was thinking about the other day is that I you know, if you ask me the secret to any like really good band being like the difference between like a really good band and like a great great band sure. is always like having an amazing drummer. I thought it was the I thought it was the person that you got to do press. Well, it- I don't mean how the public perceives <laughs> no, it. Kidding. I mean, like, uh, yeah, no, it's definitely the drummer. It's all the drummer. Yeah, like if your band has an amazing drummer, well, it's not to say then you're necessarily good, but like if you're already a good band and you have an amazing drummer, yeah, like then you're probably a really great band it's also the the drummer's a a unique position because it's also really easy to wreck an otherwise great band for sure like you don't have to do much to just like bring a moment to a halt you know that's true literally like a missed hit can take an entire audience out of an entire feeling well i don't know about a it depends on which hit you say that as a drummer but but no i yeah or like a drummer who's like who just like keeps rushing the band cuz they're they keep playing yeah, like yeah. too fast. But but my whole thought was that that's always what I say like what makes a band like truly great is having a great drummer. Right. But in noise rock, it's totally like a bassist. The only genre where I say the bassist is the most important part of the band. Yeah, I mean I think it's the combo. I don't know. Cuz like you listen to like Blacklisters, I don't know how much you've listened to Blacklisters. Not a lot. Or like if the reference makes any sense to you, but like that bass tone like makes them. Yeah. Let, let me just give you a you little give me a taste. shining example. I mean, I think the t- like the sound is a different thing. Like the tone definitely can, but performance wise, I think it's still, I think the drums, I think the drums hold to what you're saying. Originally, and I, I, there's this other new band called Irk that I will definitely play in a future episode where the bass is just like, God damn, yeah. But wait, just wait, you know, for that bass to drop. <laughs> it's the, the different kind of bass drop, the <laughs> yeah. one you don't hear about, yeah, for sure, the one you should hear about. Man, this song, too, hot damn. Did you license this one before we uh, <laughs> put this one out? <laughs> cool. <laughs> that bass just digs in. The tone of it, like, makes the song. I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, it's great. Like the drumming is cool, it and the guitar comes... lines are sick, and the vocals are awesome. I mean, the guitars are just doing the same thing as the bass, but like the two sounds complement each other very well. Yeah. Irk, the, like like I said, which we will play because uh, they have an album coming out in December. They don't even have a guitarist. It's oh, just cool. bass. I'm into and that. It, it's real good. Yeah. But yeah, I. As far as, like, bass tone goes, Blacklisters, bar none. Like, no one comes close to me. (laughs) I wasn't shaking you off. I was just shaking my head. not even necessarily like what he's playing it's just the sound it's the sound it's yeah, the yeah. sound yeah it's a different thing i definitely agree with that yeah bass bass sound is like real hard you would H- think it hard would be... to make it like important yeah for sure it's really hard to give it its own like voice it's too easy to just make it take up space or like fill in the gaps in a mix or something for sure but to really like give it its own thing and have it fill out those roles is is like impressive. Yeah, yeah, and it's not to like diminish great bassists because Lord knows a great bassist is awesome for a band too. But it's just like it's like so much it's so much more rare that that's like the focal point of like what is making the band. Great. Yeah, you got. I mean, it takes a bass. Like you can be a great bass player. You have to care about your your sound and like tone to a certain extent, but not so much in like rock music i don't know you got to be able to play solidly with your drummer or whatever for sure but yeah, it's just not weird. a lot of bass players are like focused on their tone in, in my experience I, I think uh, yeah i feel like in a lot of rock bands though the bassist is also like kind of told like that they're not allowed to like focus on their tone like yeah you got to play clean like you know <laughs> for sure i mean it's an, it's a uh, yeah it's just, the, you know, some guitar player just got told that they have to play bass or something. They're not... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. You gotta, you gotta, like, really think of yourself as a bass player and think enough of yourself as a musician to, like, want to carve out your own corner of a band, you know? For sure. But anyway... Sounds great, though. Yeah. So, that was Blacklisters with a sample of their amazing bass tone. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good note to good note to end on. Yeah. yeah. And um if you're still listening, we'll see you next episode. Yeah. Next week, next year. Sometime. Yep. Just stay tuned to Post Trash and we'll let you know about it. Bye. <laughs>